You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Amen. So wonderful to welcome two young people into the life of faith here at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and we're so glad each of you is here today. We continue our summer sermon series, The Incredibles of Faith, by looking at the life of Joseph. Joseph's story is told in the book of Genesis, where God uses him kind of unexpectedly to save many people in a time of drought and famine. Here's a little overview of Joseph's life. He was the 11th and favored son of Jacob. His father gave him a coat of many colors. It was turned into a famous musical. His brothers were very jealous of this coat. So jealous that they sold him into slavery into Egypt. Through a complicated set of unfortunate circumstances, Joseph finds himself thrown into a dungeon. But there he develops a reputation for interpreting dreams. And now Pharaoh, the Pharaoh in Egypt, has had a disconcerting dream that no one, not even the skilled magicians, can interpret. And so that's where our passage takes up today. I'm going to read two verses from the end of the story. Verse 39 and 40. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is no one discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only with regard to the throne will I be greater than you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and Loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that in Joseph's story we might see our own story, that we might (coughs) see the signs in the background of our lives just as Joseph did. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. This line by the sweetest Swedish pop group Ace of Bass was omnipresent in, on the radio in the 1990s. And people of my age cannot forget it or wipe it from their memory. And I can think of few lyrics that describe Joseph's journey of seeing signs that open up his eyes, that transform his life, and transform the world he lives in. And it's my hope that the next time that song comes on the radio, you will remember Joseph's story. Last fall, my family was working for my in-law's beach house on the Georgia coast. We were blessed to have it because after a long day of talking on the phone, sending emails, Zooming, which is now a verb, it came time to cleanse our technological palate. And so we were able to go for a walk on the beach. One evening around dusk, 
Major was running up and down the beach as the giant waves came crashing into the surf. It was beautiful, but it honestly was a little scary because these waves were so big and so powerful. We kept a close watch on Major as we chatted with the only other couple there on the beach. And out of nowhere, I feel a touch on my elbow. And I turn around to see an older gentleman, probably in his late 70s, with what appears to be his girlfriend or his wife. He has swim trunks on, but no shirt on and his bare feet. I say, can I help you? Was this a sign? Joseph was the kind of man who could read signs. When he found himself imprisoned in Egypt, he worked hard there in the prison and eventually rose to the rank of being overseeing the entire prison. There in the prison, he had a reputation for interpreting dreams. God was sending signs to people through dreams. And so one time, Pharaoh's chief baker and his chief cupbearer found themselves there in prison and each of them had dreams. No one could interpret them. And so they bring them to Joseph. And Joseph interpreted them. And in his interpretation, Joseph said that the chief cupbearer would be reinstated to his former position in Pharaoh's palace. Unfortunately, the chief baker's life would come to an untimely end. And as you read the story, everything unfolds exactly as Joseph predicted. Joseph could read the signs for people in need. He could read the signs for people in need. He knew when they needed help. Are you the kind of person that can read the signs of someone in need? This is a skill. I was trying to think about the, maybe the most prominent instance this has happened for me where I've witnessed this. And it took me back to, I think I was in college and I can't even remember. I was stuck on a flight at Chicago O'Hare Airport. And I was towards the back, you know, you're sitting in that tube, you're cramped, they're waiting, you're waiting. They don't tell you how long, much longer you have to wait. And this child, this baby is screaming. And this single mother, I don't know if she was single, but she was surely alone, was holding the baby. And the baby's coming unglued, she is coming unglued, and everyone else is becoming, shall we say, agitated. People are starting to say things under their breath. I'm a little worried we might have an insurrection. <laughs> and across the row, this woman gets up. I couldn't believe it. This woman gets up, says, hey, honey, can I, can I hold her for a minute? The woman is just bawling, collapses in her seat and says, here. And I got to be honest with you. It was like we'd put her on the RPC prayer list. The baby quieted down. Everyone exhaled. And this mom finally found a sense of peace and so did everyone else. But I just thought about that woman getting up and saying, can I help you out? Seeing the sign of someone in need, someone that needs help, taking a little risk. Helping someone in need, that is a special spiritual gift to show kindness to a stranger, to show a little extra thoughtfulness. You can make a big difference in someone's life.
found myself there on the beach. The man says to me, are you going to be here for about 15 minutes? I said, yes, I think so. He says, well, as you can see, I just had an operation on my knee. I looked down, there's a foot-long fresh scar on his knee. He said, but I would really like to go sit in the ocean for a few minutes. I look out in the ocean and there's these giant waves collapsing on the beach. He says, while you're standing here, if you wouldn't mind watching me in case I can't get up. If I start giving you a sign, would you come and rescue me? My lawyer wife <laughs> is standing behind me assessing the legal liability I'm putting myself in. As he began to walk towards the ocean, I introduced myself. I said, oh, by the way, my name's Jeff. He said, oh, great to meet you. My name's Weish. And then he was off into the ocean. Could it be a sign? Occasionally, someone who is more powerful has to rely on the power of someone who is less powerful to read the signs. And when Pharaoh hears of the skill of this young Hebrew who's in jail and he can interpret dreams, he calls and summons Joseph. Genesis 41, 14 reads, Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Now I want to make a little interlude here for a seemingly mundane detail. Now you understand that these stories were shared and passed along for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years until they were finally written down. Which means that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, as people told this story, they wanted to highlight this detail, that Joseph went in, shaved himself, and changed his clothes. He'd spent a long time in a nasty dungeon. It was hot and humid, full of insects and bad light. He had minimal personal hygiene products. Probably looked a little disheveled, smelled a little ripe but he knew this was his big break and he needed to look ready. Now let me tell you about a transformative conversation that happened with me and my best friend Joe in my late 20s. In my late 20s, I was proud to dress in a style that let's call it earthy. Jeans, cords, and a black sweatshirt. I was almost 30, but I still had dreams of becoming Eddie Vedder. Now, my friend Joe is one of the best salespeople I've ever met. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. He's that kind of guy. And he's the kind of person that has to think about when I'm going into sale, sell something, how do I present myself? How do I look the part? How do I look like somebody that this person wants to buy something from? It's a good question. And I've been in ministry for a few years, and so... At one point, he had an important conversation with me. He said, Jeff, I know you still want to be Eddie Vedder, but that ship has long since sailed and it was never in the harbor. <laughs> but if you want to take, if you want people to take you seriously, if you want to advance in your career, you have to look like it. He says, Jeff, you have to dress for the job you want. You have to dress for the job you want. And ever since that conversation, 
with Joe and based on this passage, I call it the Joseph principle. Dress for the job you want. And so Joseph does just that. He shaves and he puts on new clothes. And then he comes in and he stands before Pharaoh. And the text reads, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream. And there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not I. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. When Pharaoh asks Joseph, can you do me a favor? Joseph knows who should get the credit. He says, it's not my skill that gives the interpretation. It is God. And if we're honest, most of us, if we acknowledge our skills and abilities, We really can't take credit for them. They are simply a gift. We didn't do anything to deserve them. They are a gift. The question is, what do we do with the gift? And Joseph says he will do a favor for Pharaoh, but it is really God at work. And so Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream. Listen to this dream. You thought you had dreams. Listen to this. In my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile. And seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Then seven other cows came up after them, poor, up, very ugly, and thin. Never had I seen such ugly ones in all the land of Egypt. That's serious. The thin and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows, and when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had done so, for they were still as ugly as before. Then I awoke. I fell asleep a second time. And I saw in my dream seven ears of grain full of good growing on one stalk and seven ears withered thin and blighted by the east wind sprouting after them. And then the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And when I told it to the magicians, there was no one who could explain it to me. One of the commentators I read on this passage said there's an interesting instantiation or example here of somebody who's in power confronts a power that they cannot control. Pharaoh's the most powerful man in the land. He controls his own life, the people around him, and the kingdom. And yet here, with dream, God has sent him a power he cannot control. And if you trace through the Bible, you see this happen all of the time. People in power confronting a power that they can, cannot control. In the Gospel of Matthew, Remember, Herod has a vision that the Messiah, the king of the Jews, is being born. He he kind of fakes like he wants to go worship, but we really know that he wants to kill the baby. And he has that dream, but guess what? He cannot figure out the location of the Messiah. Or at the end of Jesus' life, when he stands before Pilate, and Pilate's heard all these great stories that Jesus has been working miracles, signs, he's been this tremendous teaching. He says, give me a little. Show me. I want to see what I've been hearing about. Remember what Jesus does? It's kind of a mystery. He remains silent. The powerful are brought to their knees. They confront a power that they cannot control. And so what do they have to do? They have to do what Pharaoh does. He has to turn to this lowly Hebrew prisoner. And so Joseph comes in and he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And this is what he says. It is as I, it is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. After them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. The plenty will no longer be known in the land because of the famine that will follow, for it will be very grievous. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. And so we hear, right here, Joseph rises to the occasion. Pharaoh's been given a sign that no one, not even his personal magicians, can interpret. And Joseph, with God's insight and his courage, interprets the dream, rises to the occasion, and says, you need to prepare for famine. You're going to have seven years of plenty, but then seven years of drought, and you need to get ready. There will be times in your life where a sign is presented to you. And the question is, will you have the courage? Will you have the intestinal fortitude to rise up and rise to the occasion? To respond to the sign that God has given you. I talk a good game, but I've only done it several times. After about 20 minutes of standing there on the beach... I see the elderly man waving his hands in the surf as the waves continue to pound him. Then his girlfriend turns and look at, looks at me and she's waving her arms. And I say, there's a sign. <laughs> he's not waving. He's drowning. It's my time. And I spring into motion. I kick off my shoes. I tear off my shirt like I'm David Hasselhoff in Baywatch. <laughs> Dress for the job you want. <laughs> and I run towards the ocean. I sprint down the beach. Sand is flying behind me as I kick up my heels and I throw myself into the surf, beating off the waves. And I run up to Weish. I grab him in my arms and I carry him out. And as we escape, the ocean, I set him down on the beach and we walk arm in arm up to dry land. And I can't tell you how good it felt to see the sign and respond to someone in need, to offer help, to make a difference in someone's life. To see a sign and respond to the challenge is a beautiful thing. After Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream, Joseph offers a solution to the problem. He says, find someone discerning and wise to prepare. The first seven years, save one-fifth of your crops. Put them in storage. Then in the second seven years, begin to distribute them and ration them out carefully so that everyone can be taken care of. The text then reads in verse 37, the proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And I love what Joseph has done here. He's kind of set him up, himself up as the solution to Pharaoh's problem. Pharaoh's like, well, who are we going to get to take care of this? Ah, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. 
God would use Joseph over the next 14 years to save the lives of thousands. And somewhat ironically, some of those people would be his estranged family. You never know how God will use you if you're willing to respond to the signs he gives you. You never know whose life may be impacted. As we were walking up the beach, I turned to Weish and said, where are you from? He said, well, I was in Atlanta as a lawyer for a number of years before I went on to do other things. I said, like what? He said, well, I ended up serving in the United States Senate for about 20 years. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, well, I served in the United States. I said, you're telling me you're United States Senator? He said, yeah, for 20 years. I said, you mean I saved the life of a United States Senator? He said, yeah, and I see some of you cynics out there wondering if I should have done it. I said, well, I'm a Presbyterian minister, and I got to tell you, I am going to, I'm going to use all of this story with my congregation. I said, well, son, feel free. You did it. If you see the signs God sends your way, God can use you in the most surprising ways. Early in his life, Joseph was sold by his own flesh and blood into slavery. Totally betrayed. He could have lived a life wrapped up in anger, vengeance, bitterness. He could have been overwhelmed by it. But no, he chose to look and say, is God at work in some mysterious way? Can I see the signs of God at work in the background of my life? And so in prison, he responds by working with excellence. He finds himself put in charge of the prison. He works trying to serve those in need, interpreting their dreams, develops a reputation for interpreting signs. And then when the Pharaoh has, has no one to turn to, they turn to Joseph, and Joseph sees himself as the man for that moment in time, and he responds to the need. And God uses him to save thousands there in the land of Egypt. And then, when his estranged family comes and they stand before him and they realize who it is, they become worried. And then do you remember what Joseph says? Oh, what you meant for ill or what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Who knows how God is at work in the backdrop of your life? But be on the lookout. Have the eyes to see the signs of God at work. Joseph saw the signs and it opened up his eyes. Let the signs of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ shine through to us. And let us have the courage to respond to it. Let's pray.
Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this wonderful story of Joseph, how he responded to the signs. May it be an inspiration to us. May it point us in the right direction so how we can respond to the signs you give us in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.